Hi, my name is Chris and I'm the host of the Bearing Life Years podcast, the show where we talk to young birders to find out what makes them tick. Tonight we've got a two-for-one special. My guests are Justin Ponder and Mark Highstack. They talk about being best friends in the birding community and I'm so glad that I've got them on the show. So without further ado, please welcome Mark and Justin. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having us. Yeah, appreciate it. Cool. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, how did you guys meet? Who are you? Whereabouts do you live? Don't give us exact locations. We don't want anybody stalking you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, well, um, Justin and I have been friends for just going on over 12 years now. About 12, 13 years. Yeah, almost 13. We, we, we met when we were, we were four years old um, here in George, in the Southern Cape of the Western Cape. Um, and it was actually at church and our two, our, our parents just met. And uh, I don't know, from then we kind of just got on along really well. And um, yeah, uh, we, we went over to each other's houses for playdates and just had a good job outside. You know, we were always barefoot bush boys. <laughs> Uh, just wanted to be outside and together and do outdoor things. And then um, about in 2017 is when we actually started getting into birding. Um, but yeah, well, I'll talk about that just now. Um, that That's basically how we met. So we've, we've been best buddies since then. Yeah. Yeah. When we started birding, then it was a lot easier for us to carry on with it because we always had each other to encourage and influence if i could say it that way yeah i think um we beginning of 2017 we we're about 12 years old and um we we were still discovering nature around us and what we we love and what we <laughs> what we love most about nature um and at the end of 2017 we we just we discovered that we were birders <laughs> and we don't know what happened in between. We just, we were just birders at the end of 2017, but in the, at the beginning of the year, we, we weren't. <laughs> so something happened. Uh, we just don't remember what, but, um, I'm glad it did happen. Yeah. I'm pretty glad as well. I mean, we, we have a theory as to how it came to be. We, we, we had bird books both since we were very young, got gifted by, uh, friends of our parents and stuff hoping that it would influence us later on in our lives to go into the nature side of the world. Um, but say, for example, the hardy dog, it's a bird that everyone knows. We, we found out that its name was the hardy dog ibis. And then we checked in our bird book um, and we saw, oh, there's other types of ibises like a hardy dog. And, oh, look, there's a white one. Who knew there was a white hardy dog, you know? And nowadays we know it's called a sacred ibis. Um, but it was it was something like that, and then it just sparked, and um, it only took a few months, and we were full on keen uh, no, no vice birders. So, it, uh, yeah, it really is a blessing, and it's super cool that it happened to us because we we don't we don't want to do anything else in our lives. It's it's just so cool. Yeah, what helped is that we're in such a, a bird rich area, and there's so many colorful or special birds that you just want to look at. 
it's not just a pain to go into the fields and try to identify all those larks and puppets that can honestly can discourage you. So with all the all the colorful birds, it just helped to help to encourage us. I think that's true. Because um, younger birds are like that. They want to see the exciting stuff first. <laughs> like, yeah, little kids are like that. Um, and we're quite blessed that we grew up in such a diverse place like the Garden Route. Um, I mean, it's not called Eden for no reason. I think it's because of its biodiversity. Um, here in the Garden Route, we have so many different habitats in such a confined area, just such confined space. Um, you know, starting at the shore, we have the ocean in the shoreline, then the, the coastal thickets, then we have Fainbost, then we have the mountain, then we have the Klankaroo, um and the estuaries and the lakes in the area all just add up to such an awesome place for uh, a birder to start off. And I think that's that's no doubt that that's the reason we, we uh, found birding. And how do you think um, birding as birding as friends has actually helped you grow in birding? Because um, I, I, to me, I think it might actually help you grow as birders if you've got somebody that you kind of bounce Indeed, yeah. questions and stuff off of. Yeah. No, I think I think it's very true. It's a big influence in anyone's life to start off with something that you love with someone else, you know, because you. With something that you're interested in that you you like doing, you always want to share it with someone else. You know, I mean, you see, you see, like an African pizza, you want to scream, "Yay!" You know, and then you look around and there's no one around you. That's that's kind of sad. So, <laughs> to have, have somebody there to high five and to get excited yeah, with, exactly. So that's been a really cool um, advantage, I could say, of of having a best birding buddy. You know, um, to always, you know, say. Hey, there's that uh, African creek just down the road. You want to go touch it in the morning, you know? My my parents can give us a lift. So yeah. it's just it, it it really is. It's a huge up uh, advantage to to birding. That's pretty cool. And I mean, I uh, I think we all we all want to have a, a birding buddy where we can actually just have that kind of excitement with, as you said. Um. So tell us some of the exciting twitching stories that you've had, like some of the stories that are crazy, um, some of the ones that you are embarrassed to share, and other ones that you just really look back on in fondness. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no. Where to start? <laughs> where to start, yeah. I think um, if we had enough time, we could think back and sieve through the best ones. You know, we'll share all of them, but let's. I think it's best we just share the best ones. Um, Justin and I aren't big twitchers because we're under 18 we can't drive ourselves around and it's but we're big twitchers it's just hard yeah it's hard to get our parents to you know drive us to Gauteng to get that heron or whatever but the garden had some nice rarities in the area um, but I think starting off with our, our first real twitch you know what I'm talking about hey Justin the Yes. The long-toed lapwing in Cape Town pitched up a few months ago. That was insane. Um, and we got to see that uh, within 24 hours of the report. Maybe, yeah, we heard it. We, we got a lift within 24 hours of the report. So um, we got to see that one. And that was the biggest twitch we've done yet. The, the, the most amazing um, 
Twitch that we've ever done um, so far. But uh, normally it's it's not like that. Normally it's a little thing. Uh, well, could be a big thing, but close by our house where um, maybe just you know ask our parents to take us in the morning to to go see it together. But it's always it's always you know when there's a bird, contact Justin or you know vice versa, contact Mark. We got to do this yeah. together. You know we we always kick up some really interesting stuff along the way as well. So it's always best to go with your birding buddy if you have one. <laughs> um, but John, what, what uh, interesting things around the garden we, we've had? Uh, what do you think, Justin? Well, one of the one of the experiences that stand out to me is when we saw our first little bitten. We were oh, just walking yes. along. <laughs> we were just walking along an edge of a river when we flushed what we were pretty sure was a bittern out of the reeds. And we saw it from the only accessible spot. And as as young birders, we're not going to be limited to being on shore. So obviously, with our cameras on our heads, we rolled up our pants up to our thighs, and we walked straight into that river, walked along the edge of the reef, and then we found our bitten. Yeah, we were like, wait, did you see what I saw? It's like, yeah, do you think it was what I think it was? It's like, yeah, okay. It was. Let's get in the river. So, yeah, we, I remember that very clearly. It was one of the, the highlights of our beginning birding days. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, and what would you say is your biggest twitch to date? Which is the one that you you look back and you're like, that was the biggest twitch we've ever done. We don't think we can top that one again. Hmm. At the moment, I think it would be our long-toed lapwing. Yeah, I think about four hours there, four hours back. Yeah, it was it was big. I mean, it it was very everything put together. The excitement, the earliness of you know, the the time we had to get up in the morning, the long drive, how long we stayed there, and then just chatting with the people we went with, and then all of a sudden going back in such in in one day. Um, definitely the long-term lap wing. I think the reason being because we we got a call from one of the the top birders in the garden route, um, Rudy Money, who stays in Mossel Bay, about 25 minutes away from from where I stay and Justin stay, stays. Um, and that was at night after dark. And he said, you know, I'm willing to give you a lift tomorrow if you can meet me in Mossel Bay uh, at 3 a.m. <laughs> and this was the night of when the the, the lapwing was reported so it was high higher chance that we were going to see it so we jumped at the opportunity we said we had to talk our parents into it and um to drop us off at 3 a.m um in Mossel bay and uh, we drove four hours to cape town i think that's the distance <laughs> and we we got there we drove with some other local birders from our area and had a lack of chats along the way. I mean, that just added to the experiences. We learned so much from it. Yeah, it's it's not just seeing the bird. It's it's the journey along the way, and you know, discovering it together, looking for it, trying hard. Um, but to be honest, it was pretty easy to find the lap week. So we we got there, walked along the boardwalk, um, saw it at Riclo, spent ten minutes. There were other birders from the area coming along. Um, and even others from close to our area, I believe. Is that right, Justin? Did we see someone from our area there? I think a few people. 
Yeah. Um, anyway, we, yeah, it was just a quick look at the bird and then went back to the car, had coffee and rusks and headed home. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely top of the list at the moment. And what are some of the really big birders that you've managed to bird with? What are some of the experiences that you've had um, as friends going birding with these big birders? Most of the people in the area are, we, we consider big for us. At the moment, we haven't been able to get out as much as we would like to with all the big birders. So a few of the people in our area, such as Rudy Mini and Tim Carr, our birding experiences with them have been phenomenal. We've just, we, on birding big day, we went out with Tim Carr and it was just amazing how his knowledge of birds and all, he knows about all this, the places to see all the birds. And it was, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. And that helped us a lot because we, our team came second in the Western Cape, um, which was really exciting. We were hoping for that. Um, but we were going against a much bigger team, which was <laughs> one that Rudy Mini was in. So he, we, we knew we weren't going to come first in the Western Cape, but we, we aimed for it, but we knew we weren't going to get it. Um, but yeah, they, locally in the garden, there are some nice, there's some nice birders around here that, that have quite a big name. Um, one, for example, is Pete again, who's an author of quite a few bird books. <clears throat> His most recent one, uh, ultimate com the ultimate companion to birding in southern africa i think uh he has his house quite close to me and george um and he stores much of his uh, uh specimens and collect uh, egg collection at the school i go to in the botanical garden so justin and i have had quite a good opportunity to to get to know him better and to you know just walk with him talk with him, learn stuff. And he's part of our bird club as well, Lakes Bird Club. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's he's definitely a role model of ours, um, someone we look up to. Um, and then uh, another man I've been lucky enough to meet was Trevor Hardacre uh, <laughs> in the Botanical Gardens when um, I suggested the the Garden Route Botanical Gardens as a good place to find little sparrowhawk because he mentioned his wife hadn't seen one in the Western Cape yet. Uh, I think this was beginning of this year or end of last year. And so, yeah, I met him there. We had a walk around. We looked really hard for it. Um, but at the end of the day, we we, didn't, we, we, we hadn't found it. Uh, but at the same time, we'd managed to find some nice other birds in the garden and managed to have a good talk, you know. Um, and I got to meet Trevor Hardake. I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's one or two of the birders we've we've managed to meet so far. <laughs> um, but Justin, what about what about uh, Mr. Rousseau? Jonathan Rousseau, yes. A few weeks ago, we had the, the opportunity to meet one of the biggest birders in South Africa and even in the world. He's, he has a, last, a life list of over 9,000 species of birds in the world. And we got to do a little boat trip with him. And he was able to share with us some of his experiences and a few of his tips. So it was, it was really amazing hearing about all his, all his adventures, the Amazon, 
and then he was he was giving us a few tips about how to identify waders and all these different turns and it was was really quite an experience yeah because um again tim carr took us to go see an elegant turn that uh, rocked up in the kierbooms estuary in plettenberg bay um so he gave us a lift there and said i've got someone i want you guys to meet um who's gonna give he's probably gonna give you some good information for your career one day and he told me it was jonathan rousseau um and then yeah so justin and i went with uncle tim and uh, met him in Plett, and we went on this we went on a boat to look for the the turn roost on the estuary and yeah, gave us some lovely tips along the way with the waders and turn identification. And as Justin said, some lacquer information about his his journeys and expeditions around the world. Um, but for for such a well-known man, uh, Birda, it was quite amazing to see, you know, how how chilled he was um, just around us. Um, you know, he wasn't like a big shot. He was, he just wanted to go birding, really. I mean... We picked him up at his accommodation and he walked out the gate like, all right, guys, hi, what's your name? And he's like, okay, let's go find this turn. All right. Uh, really you know, he was very eager and he just pumped to go birding. He was super cool. And on the boats, you know, he wasn't like all fancy dressed. He was in his car key and he wasn't even wearing shoes. I mean, he, he was just a pure bird watcher, wanting to have a good time. No need to brag. I mean, it was just so nice to meet him. And I think he, he's a good example of a birder just super cool i think um we had an awesome time with him and uh it was it was pretty exciting you know we got to shake jonathan rousseau's hand so you you say that he left his super suit at home that day <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess so yeah yeah unless his super suit is just cocky <laughs> yeah that that could be true <laughs> so um can you tell me a little bit about uh, what is your favorite bird? Um, so I'm assuming both of you have different favorite birds. So can you can you maybe give me a give me like a maybe just round it down to a species of favorite bird? It's really hard. There's everything is just so amazing. But one of the one of the birds that definitely stands out to me is the Narina trogon. It's it's such a it's such an interesting bird and it's it's amazingly beautiful and it's elusive so you can't can't just see it you have to go and look for it and then when you actually do see it it's so rewarding so definitely probably for me the narina trogon and then one of my favorite families is the bushrikes they are just amazing birds yeah i think i can agree with you um very much there i think the trogon is such a special species in South Africa because there's only one in that genus. Um, and it's got such a history behind it as well. You know, it's the lovely name, the explorer who named it, and uh, the very specific habitat you have to go look in. And it's such a, a beautiful experience walking into, you know, indigenous forest and looking for this bird, this beautiful, multicolored, iridescent bird that has such a raucous core. Um well, not as raucous as a lurie, nice lurie, but it's just such a contrasting, um, so many contrasting features that make it beautiful. But for me, I've, I've thought about it before, really hard, but 
I, I can't pinpoint the bird that I love the most at the moment, at least. For me, it's like there are so many birds to see that there'll probably never be a birder to see all of them in their life. Um, so just to, there's, there's so many that I can't choose one because I don't know them all. You know, it, it's almost like I can't choose a favorite unless I know how it feels to see all the other species. Um, but out of the, out of the, the, the birds I've seen, my favorite bird ish i really don't know it's it's so hard i mean the rollers are so beautiful i mean everyone loves the lilac breasted roller it's an iconic species of africa the but rock jumpers the, also amazing. The, yeah, um the rock jumpers definitely one of my favorites um for this area i mean it's such a uh, a locally like a confined bird to a specific habitat and it's hard to find so that, that it is one of my top ones um the Cape Rock Jumper, but for me, it's really hard to choose. I, I, I'm not too sure. <laughs> no, don't worry. Uh, that is probably one of the toughest questions that anybody can be asked. So don't feel bad that you can't answer it clearly. <laughs> okay, cool. So, and then I'm going to ask you one more. Uh, which bird have you dipped on quite often? Which bird it doesn't exist? Should I say it, Justin? I've got two, but Mark, you can go for the first one. Okay. Water trapper. <laughs> oh, my word. The African, African finfoot. Oh, we have such beautiful habitat for it here on the garden route. Uh, secretive rivers, lakes, estuaries. Um, but we just have not... We've, we've dipped on it so many times. I mean... It's it's just such a bogey bird. We it's it's so elusive. I mean, everyone knows the African finfoot is one of the most sought after species in Africa, in terms of birds. But we've tried our hardest. Um, at least six times we've we've gone up secretive rivers together, starting before sunrise and ending just before sunset, um, kayaking slowly up secretive rivers and just looking, so scanning hard. the sides of the banks, um, but no finfoot, no bright yeah. orange feet flashing by. Not yet, not yet. Going to see him one day. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad. That is the bird that doesn't exist. Even I can attest to that. Every time somebody has said it's definitely going to be there, I'm like, <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. Okay. I'm glad we're not alone. And Justin, you said there's a second species. Which one, which other one doesn't exist? For me, it's the double banded courser. I've been up into the Karoo 20 times in search of this one bird, but I just cannot seem to find it. I've been to all the spots that have been recommended. I've been to pins. I've called them. They just don't exist. A figment of birders' imagination. <laughs> That's right, yes. Cool. So it was so awesome to be able to chat to you guys. You are really awesome. Um, I think we all wish we had a friendship like yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Chris. Thank and I'm you, looking, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing more stories about things that you guys get up to. Um, you guys must yeah, maybe thanks. look at 
writing articles on friendship and birding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can that's, do that. That's not a bad idea. But yeah, um, I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you know about that finfoot because it's my target bird for this year and we still got a few days left. So I'm going to give it a shot. We'll get him. Yeah, let me, know, let me know if it exists. I've only heard rumors of it. <laughs> okay, cool. We'll, we'll, we'll write a, um, uh, <laughs> a new uh, magazine article on it describing a new species. <laughs> That's good to you. <laughs> okay, cool. thanks so much for the recording, guys. Thank you so much for having us. No, it was really great. Once again, I just want to thank Mark and Justin for being such awesome guests. Their friendship really inspires me and I'm so glad that I actually had the opportunity to chat to them and find out how their friendship has actually made them grow in the birding community. Don't forget to follow us on all social media platforms as well as on your preferred podcast player. And until we chat again, I would like to wish you a Merry Christmas.